Greetings and welcome to episode number 20 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. David Dwork here with you, and uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about the NHL's plan to return to play, the 24-team playoff format that would include the Florida Panthers as a number 10 seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, and we're just going to get into that, going to go over a little bit of what exactly the league's plan is. And then I also had a chance to chat with uh, Florida Panthers defenseman Mike Matheson, who is also the team's uh, NHLPA player rep. So he's been directly involved between uh, all the conversations uh, with his teammates, then going back to the PA, and then the PA going to the league. All that process, all the information, all the details that have to be worked out. And Mike and I discussed that in a really interesting and informative conversation. And uh, also get into a little bit Florida's potential qualifying round opponent, the New York Islanders, who uh, Florida Panthers fans and a lot of people still with the organization are pretty familiar with from Florida's last playoff appearance back in uh, 2016. Cough, Trocek was tripped. Cough. Anyway, so let's get into this 2014 playoff format, which will have 12 teams from the Eastern Conference, 12 teams from the Western Conference, ultimately competing to win the Stanley Cup, which, hey, that's what it's all about, right? It'll start with a qualifying round on each side, the East and the West. The qualifying round will feature... Uh, the five seed through the 12 seed in each conference. So the top four seeds in each conference, which would be in the East, Boston, Tampa, Washington, and Philly. And then in the West, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. The top four seeds in each conference will just play each other in a round robin to decide what their seeding will be. But they all get an automatic bid into the final uh, 16, you know, the traditional playoffs that feature 16 teams. Now, to determine who those top four seeds will end up facing, there's a qualifying round with all the other remaining playoff teams, and they'll play a best-of-five series to determine who gets into that uh, traditional 16-team bracket. All other playoff rounds after the qualifying round will be best-of-seven, as uh, normal. Now, the playoffs are going to be held in two hub cities, uh, according to the league, one for each conference. Uh, They named 10 candidates. I'll uh, name them here for you. we got Chicago... Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. The Canadian cities are question marks because of travel and immigration issues due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But again, these games are still far enough away that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to get caught up on all these particular details at this stage. Right now, the two cities that have been rumored to be leading the pack are Columbus and Vegas. So we'll see. I imagine the league will be making a decision as we get closer to the start of Phase 3. Teams move into Phase 2 during the second week of June, and for the Florida Panthers, that meant opening up their practice facility, the Ice Den and Coral Springs, to around uh, half of their players that that actually stayed in South Florida during the, the league's pause. Now, keep in mind, Phase two is a strictly voluntary process and allows only groups of six players or less to be on the ice at any given time and only for non-contact drills. Now, Aaron Ackblad, Mike Matheson, and Sergei Bobrovsky are a few of the dozen or so Panthers that remained in South Florida and could begin working out at the practice rink whenever they like. So far, Matheson, Sasha Barkov, Nolachari, and prospect Chase Prisky, who came over in the uh, Vincent Trocek trade deadline deal with Carolina, have either said they were going to practice at the ice den or have already been spotted there during phase two. Now, for the Panthers players who did not stay in town, at this point, it's really up to each particular guy whether or not they want to travel. But as the league inches closer to phase three, they're going to have to make those arrangements and return to South Florida for the mandatory training camp. Now, as far as I know, the only Panthers player that left North America is Anton Strahlman, 
who's in Sweden. Now, he's been able to skate and work out at a home gym, and according to Joe Smith's story in The Athletic, Strawman doesn't even plan to return to South Florida until Phase 3, and even then, his family may remain overseas. Phase 3 would signify the start of official mandatory training camps. The League and the Players Association are still negotiating the details, but Friday, July 10th has been set as the date for every team's training camp to open. Both sides have already said that Phase 3 will only open if the League and the PA have Phase 4 locked, loaded, and ready to go, and Phase 4 would represent the official return of NHL games. Training camps are only scheduled to last a few weeks, and there are a lot of plans and preparations that will need to be made in the two hub cities that end up hosting the NHL's postseason. Throughout this entire process, the NHL and the NHLPA executive board have been in frequent discussions, negotiating every aspect of each phase of the return-to-play plan. Board members have also been in constant contact with their respective teammates, as it's the players who ultimately decide on how they want to proceed based on the league's proposals, and the player reps then take the team's decisions back to the board. Now, the NHLPA executive board is made up of two players from each NHL team. One player is selected as the official player rep for the team, and a second is chosen to be the alternate. For the past two seasons, Mike Matheson has been the NHLPA player rep for the Panthers, after acting as the team's alternate rep the year before that. I had a chance to chat with Mike about what the process has been like going through this completely unprecedented situation, and how he became the player rep in the first place. Here's our conversation. All right, Mike, how are you, man? Good, how are you? You know, hanging in there, happy to finally have some like new stuff to talk about and get into. Yeah, seriously. But um, now that we're getting into all this Phase 2, Phase 3 stuff, and knowing that you're the player rep, I thought you'd have an interesting perspective and just kind of get your take on some of the, the way it's going. Yeah, I think we're we're all pretty excited, like you said, to have, have some news. And, um, you know, it seems like uh, it's getting closer and closer to, to being able to really get at it and, and finish off this season. So we're all pretty excited. How did you, like, end up becoming the player rep? Um, I, I, you know, it was something that, um, I was obviously interested in doing. Um, I think my rookie or my teammates tried to make me be the assistant, um, but I didn't have enough games played yet. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think they just saw me as a guy that went to college and, um, you know, has an education and (laughs) would hopefully be able to understand things a little bit better. Um, but I think it's just a, an important thing to do as a player to be involved in these sorts of things and um, try to be a voice for, for your teammates and represent your teammates the right way. And, um, you know, I just think of all the, all the sacrifices that um, the players made um, before us, and I think it's only right to, um, to do your best to do the same and, and carry on that tradition. So that's that's why I, I try my best to stay involved. Is this the kind of thing that like you spoke to any veterans about when you took on this role? Yeah, I try to speak to as many guys as possible. You know, even on our team, like uh, even though I'm the rep, I'm I'm constantly talking to guys like Keith Yandel and Anton Strahlman, Brian Boyle. They've been around for so long. They've been through lockouts. They've been through so many different things in the league and um you know i obviously am am a a novice at at all this and and haven't seen half of the things that they have so um whether it's guys on our team or you know guys throughout the league that i know that 
I'll shoot texts to just to get their feelings on things or things that I don't understand and, and want to learn about. Um, cause I, I find that my job isn't necessarily to, um, make decisions. It's, it's really just to make sure that the players on my team have the, the most information possible, uh, about what's going on. And so, um, that's what I try to do. And Colton Sevier's my assistant now. And so both of us through all this have just been, you know, on a bunch of calls, uh, throughout the week and trying to gather as much information as possible and, and get it back to the players. And what's it been like communicating with everybody? I mean, has it been like Zoom calls or like group texts, uh, you know, things like that? Uh, yeah, we have a group text. That's usually what uh, Colt and I try to do is we, we take notes during each meeting and, um, you know, we try to condense them a little bit so that guys don't have to read <laughs> too much. Um, they get annoyed if it's a big, long paragraph that they have to read. So we try to keep it short and sweet and get them the information after after a call and you know at one point um we held a little zoom meeting just a team to kind of get our feelings out there as to what was going on and and what everybody thought about different decisions that had to be made again it's it's really just about communicating as much as possible and how does the team like decide like like a majority vote or is there a specific number that has to be reached as far as like percentage um well i think we've been pretty pretty much on the same page for, for most of the things. Um, so, you know, whether, whether it's guys, you know, that maybe they do feel a little bit differently and, and as guys start flowing in saying, yeah, I'm good with that. Or yeah, I'm good with that. And they kind of hold their hold back a little bit. I'm not sure. That's kind of what we try our best to avoid. Cause we want to hear everybody's opinion. Um, but I, I really do think that for the most part, everybody on our team has been um, has been on the same page with with the issues that we've been talking about. As far as like now that the league is really getting into figuring out what they're going to do with phase three and like decisions on testing and you know restrictions once you're inside the bubble and all that, is that something that like you as a player rep have any say in negotiations or is I know the league's going to come to you with a proposal? But like, you know, as far as your responsibilities go, like how, how much, uh, how much role do you get to play in that? Well, we, uh, we have calls pretty often talking about the issues that are at hand and, and obviously what guys think about it. Um, you know, one of, one of the first things that came out with the, the kind of bubble idea was, you know, the initial reaction was like, geez, so if we go all the way through the playoffs, if you're the team that wins the Stanley Cup or, or whatever the case, like you go three months without seeing your family. Yeah. Um, like that's that's different. There's there's some guys that are single or young and, and you know, that really wouldn't matter all that much, but there's some guys that are that have, you know, three kids, four kids, or some guys that their wives are pregnant right now or you know, do in this summer. And, and that's, those are just totally different situations. So, um, you know, the PA and the league right away agreed that that's something would have to be done uh, a little bit differently. It's not like the players could just be completely closed off from their families for three months. So that was one issue that, um, that everybody agreed on, you know, right away. Um, 
And so I, as far as, you know, us having a voice, I think the PA does a great job of that. We've held some calls where it's only been three teams per call so that, you know, people can have a bit more of a voice because um, it can be a little bit intimidating if there's all 31 teams on <laughs> to, to speak up and, and hear and uh, and hear yourself talk with, with all those guys on the call. So um, I think those have been pretty effective. And then, again, our, our job, you know, Colton and I's job is just to continue getting information back to the players and then on our team and, and having their voice then carry back to the PA and, and inform the PA on what our team believes and what our team feels is right. And as far as um, like getting back to work locally, have you been training with anybody up until now or see, seen many of your teammates or are you looking forward to seeing any uh, back at the ice then? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's been such a long time. Um, it was all so abrupt and um, we've all just kind of been waiting for, for this day to, to come. Um, you know, my wife and I have been training at home. We set up a little gym here. Uh, to stay in shape so that um, when this return would eventually come, we, I'd be ready to go. And then obviously she's training for, for her stuff too. So um, we've been able to, to use that pretty effectively. Um, but at the end of the day, there's nothing like being on the ice. So um, I think this is the longest I've ever gone without playing hockey and getting on the ice. So I'm pretty excited to do it. It's got to be for a lot of guys, like, once you start skating, this has got to be the longest you've gone without doing it, barring, like, an injury or something. Like, three months without skating for guys that have been doing it their for whole sure. life. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Even, like, during the off-season, I usually take maybe a month off the ice. <laughs> so, this is uh, this has been pretty long. I've been I've been stick-handling and, and stuff like that, but yeah, it, it gets pretty boring <laughs> stick-handling in your garage. <laughs> no, you can't really imitate getting out there. I mean, for no. me, like playing goal, I can't even imagine how like Bob or any other goalies can stay sharp with with those kind of skills, other than like hitting exactly. a tennis ball against the yeah. wall. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting the first few practices us out there trying to figure out how to play again. <laughs> yeah, so you're definitely gonna be uh, going back to the den and taking part in phase two at the at the rink. Yeah, I've been in Florida the whole time, so nice. um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to be able to get back on the ice, and um, you know, this is a a great way to be able to do it safely and uh, and make sure that you're you're kind of still doing everything the right way to, to make sure that you're not exposing yourself to coronavirus. Oh, of course. Do you have any idea which uh, which teammates are going to take part in phase two? I don't know exactly. Uh, I, I think a, a good number will be out there, though. Nice. And uh, as far as... Uh, Moving ahead, hopefully, you know, when we get back to playing on the ice, you know, your NHL debut came when the Panthers played the Islanders in the playoffs. So yeah. now you kind of get, you know, full circle. Now you get to go back to the playoffs after this craziness. And I mean, have you even thought that far ahead to this point, like what that could be like? Or has it been more just kind of like focusing on the present? Uh, yeah, a bit of both. I think um, it's hard to imagine what it's going to be like just with we we don't even know what city we'll be in and. And, you know, what playing with no fans will look like. And so that all that's pretty hard to imagine. I've, I've been thinking more of just, you know, at the end of the day, whether there's fans or not, your number one job is to just focus on what's going on on the ice and, and what's going on in the game. And so that's what I've been picturing. I've been 
I've been thinking back to like moments in the games in that series a few years ago um, and then thinking ahead of, of kind of how we've played them in the past uh, past year and, and what kind of team that they have and, and just been thinking more about like the way I want to play and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I think we're all pretty excited. I, I, was, I was talking to somebody um, a few days ago and they said there's actually only four guys on the team that were in that series. Yeah, um, you, Eck, Barky, Subi and Hoobie, right? And Barky, yeah. yeah. And I was so surprised. I was like, geez, I would have thought it was like eight or nine. Well, Luandro's still around. Uh, yeah. Uh, who else am I thinking of? Um, Thority. Thority, thank you. Yeah, I'm like yeah. picturing his face and I can't think of him. So he's still yeah, around. Yeah. Uh, Derek McKenzie's still here. Yeah, So there's exactly. a lot of familiar so guys from like that time. More around, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously so many people that work for the team itself that were there for when that happened. You know, so exactly. it's going to mean uh, a lot to a lot of people for sure. Exactly. And I, I think that, you know, for us, it was the last time we got into the playoffs. And um, But having said that, I, I think when you when you look at our group and the conversations we've been having, I think everybody's super motivated and, and really excited. But there isn't really a sense of accomplishment right now. Um, you know, really, we made a 2014 play and we didn't make the playoffs yet. Um, and so... I think, I think our goal and and our only focus is to get through this playing series and get into the real playoffs. Um, and anything short of that would would just be a total failure. And then obviously we, you know, our goal is to to start making the playoffs consistently and going deep into the playoffs. And so it, it's not like we're we're just hoping to escape by the Islanders and and get into the playoffs and have that be successful. I think we we think a lot further down the road and um, we're all pretty, uh, like I said, excited to finally get back to it. Now, when you guys finished up, you guys were playing maybe after February, the best hockey in a while that you'd seen. And I always think back to that, that Tuesday practice after the back-to-back losses to Calgary and Chicago. You took the day off on Monday, you came back on Tuesday, you held that meeting the closed door meeting practice started late and things really started to change after that. Whatever happened that day and that week, how are you going to, do you think you can recapture that and like kind of pick up where you left off? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the way we came, we went into all-star break and came out of all-star break was the same sort of situation. We finally found our game going into all-star all-star break and we won that game in Chicago for, you know, I think we won like six or seven games in a row or something like that. Yep. Um, and then we couldn't find our game up until like deep into February, like you were saying. And so um, it's going to be tough because, and it's going to be the same for every team. It's going to be difficult to um, spend like the next month or whatever getting back into number one playing shape, um, you know, finding your timing and, and getting all those sorts of things back. Um, and then at the same time, finding the ability to, to get that kind of compete level back without playing a game and then all of a sudden being in game one. And, you know, it can go fast. It can, you know, if, if you aren't fully ready and the other team is, you can be down three, nothing before you know it. And that's it. 
you know, you don't get to kind of, sorry, my dogs It's all good. Um, you don't get to, you know, get a few warm up games and into it. It's, it's going to be pretty quick once it gets going. So, um, I think we're going to have to, uh, in those, in those weeks leading up to it, we're going to have to, you know, have some compete drills and, and, you know, as much as you're going against your teammate, you're going to have to prepare as if you're, you're doing those drills against uh, the Islanders and, and making a pretty game situation. One of the main points I took from Mike during our chat was how much was still unknown about phase four regarding what kind of quarantine bubble the league will hope to build, how it will work without being airtight with, you know, players permitted to leave and come back, like in the situation where somebody's wife is having a baby, uh, if that player will have to quarantine upon returning. Uh, there's just so many details that are left to be ironed out. So we'll see how the league and the Players Association handle things in the coming weeks. But for now, that's going to do it for this episode of Chirping the Cats. Thank you to everybody who listened and a big thank you to Mike Matheson for taking some time with me and providing a lot of very interesting information about a process that had never even existed until now. Uh, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at David Dwork, and uh, if you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button, leave a good rating on the pod, and uh, everybody, please stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time. See ya!